Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <clears throat> Which was a mouthful of entirely foam. Still foam. I need to find um, my non-foaming spinner or wash the one that I have. I have two, uh, what, you know, like fittings cups for the milk frother because I had a milk frother dye and my mom gave me a new one. And so I kept the cup that you put the milk in and I kept the spinner. So I actually have two, which is one more than I need. So I should just wash the non-foaming spinner. Okay, we're going to try one more time, see if we can get some coffee. Aha! There we go. Success at last. All right, on that note, today is Tuesday, March 24th. I, I really should have started keeping track, but <laughs> day umpteen of uh, social isolation. We are now... Um, in New Mexico yesterday, our governor gave us a stay-at-home order, which is, for all that people are kind of freaking about it, the only difference seems to be that I can't go to my Manny Petty, <laughs> my bi-weekly, bi-weekly, every two weeks, yeah. uh, nail appointment. My uh, gal texted me yesterday and said, I'm sure you know by now, which actually I didn't, but... Uh, the governor had given a press conference, and she said, so keep healthy, and we'll reschedule when everything's back. So it's, um, you know, basically all non-essential businesses are closed, but, I mean, that still leaves things open like the grocery stores, liquor stores, hardware stores, doctors. Um, it's just things like nail salons that are not so... I mean, I guess people can't get takeout from restaurants anymore. Maybe that's a biggie. But anyway, it's the same for us. Uh, it, you know, with the exception of my nail appointment, which, you know, I know is very low priority and not important. Although I do kind of feel like we're all going to be like those um, news anchors in, um, oh, whichever Batman movie it was, I think where Jack Nicholson played the Joker you know, where he had poisoned the makeup. So all the makeup was toxic and they would show the news anchors going gradually uglier and uglier as they could not use any kind of makeup or hair products. <laughs> My mom was complaining about that she can't get her hair done. So uh, for New Mexico right now, the order is until April 10th. So we've got a few, few weeks to go yet um, at the earliest. So yeah, by the by the time we all emerge from our social isolation, we're gonna be looking pretty haggard, <laughs> which I know is low priority, but it's just kind of funny. Um, there's been an internet meme going around saying, um, you know, like what I thought the apocalypse, how I thought I would dress during the apocalypse, and it shows um like someone from like one of the Mad Max movies, you know, in the badass studded leather and the boots with the weapons and everything. And and then next to it is like how I really look during the apocalypse and it shows this rumpled woman in footy pajamas. <laughs> so, yes, um, I, 
I confess, you know, I probably am giving this way more thought than I need to, but right now my nails look good, although I've broken a couple on my right hand, and I'm, but they're the gel nails, which means I'd have to soak off the polish. And at some point I'm thinking I should probably just go ahead and soak off the polish. My toes will probably last, although I'm not in love with the color. So I could redo them myself. And here we are going back to the DIY, right? I, the, it's just regular polish on my toes and I might dig out some of my nail polishes and change up the color. Gasp. But um, with my fingernails, I don't, I don't think I have what I need to really soak them off correctly. It's, you can't use just regular acetone enough. You don't want to destroy your nails. So, uh, concerns of the apocalypse we never thought we would have. Um, otherwise, things are going pretty much as usual. I noticed um, yesterday I got a Facebook Messenger message from my granddaughter saying that her mother, my stepdaughter, had enabled Facebook Messenger for kids to allow them to uh, communicate with family, friends and family. And it's managed by her mother. And I'm trying to decide if this is a good thing <laughs> because I am deeply suspicious of Facebook. However, I am delighted to hear from my granddaughter. So, you know, and of course she's doing school from home right now. So I'm sure this is part of that innovation part of that you know like what they're setting up through the school and so forth so it was interesting because she sent me a um i don't know like a cartoon character hello i don't I, maybe i was supposed to know what the creature was but i don't know didn't recognize it offhand it could have been just like some sort of emoji um you know like there's so many of those animated figures built into the messengers so I tried to reply with a GIF hug, and it told me that I couldn't reply with a GIF. So, um, yeah, I suppose at least there's controls on it. <laughs> Keep the sexual predators from getting in there. Um, but, yeah, so that was um, a new development in our lives. And otherwise, yesterday was yesterday was a good day. Um, managed to get my mom on the Zoom meeting, so we chatted on Zoom. And then she did the yoga class with me, the streamed yoga class, and she really liked it. So that was fun. I got um, a little over a 1,000 words before we did all that, and then I got the rest of my 3,000 for the day after yoga, and I felt all re-energized, so that was great. Very, um, definitely picked up. I was able to layer in a lot of that strategy uh, into the scene. So it made me realize that one of the things that movies do, and a lot of books do too, and I think, you know, that in many ways our novels are emulating movies, is they do not show people actually discussing the strategy. They... For instance, like in Ocean's Eleven, they show some of the planning and 
it's kind of like the training montage, you know, where they show the, um, you know, like building the skill model and doing the practicing and all of that. But they leave out a lot of the details so that you only see the execution of the details in the moment. And I totally get why that's a dramatic choice, right? Because it it's more fun to see it in action and have the surprise than seeing people sitting around talking about it, which is probably anathema in movies. Um, you know, one of, it's kind of funny. This is going to sound like a tangent, and I suppose it is, but whatever. Um, one of my favorite movies back in the day was My Dinner with Andre, which is, um, I think, a fantastic movie because it takes place entirely over dinner. It's it's a, a conversation. And it's um, one of the actors in it. Now I'm going to have to look because you guys know I tend to sit there with my phone on IMDb as I'm watching movies and looking up trivia and stuff. As I was watching Princess Bride, I was realizing that Vizzini is played by, you guys are yelling it at me, but I cannot hear, I can't hear you, la, 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 la. Um, oh, Wallace Shawn. And Wallace Shawn was apparently in My Dinner with Andre. Let's see, what year was that? So 1981 was My Dinner with Andre. Um, very small cast, as one imagines. It was Andre Gregory plays Andre Gregory. And Wallace Shawn plays Wallace Shawn. And then there's the waiter and the bartender. And let's see, what does IMDb say? It's 7.8. You know, it's just, um, it's amazing that they are able to do a whole movie about a dinner. Maybe you can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't know if audiences would put up with it or not. But it's... um. It was enough of an influence on me that I have a total wink to it in um, Rogue's Pawn, where I named my chapters. I had a lot of fun on that first book naming chapters, and now it's not so much a thing. I've seen people saying things about why does nobody give chapters titles anymore. And I think it's just kind of fallen out of fashion, maybe. But in the Covenant of Thorns books, I named all of the chapters. Many of them are in which I, and then every once in a while I break it up with other things. But one of the chapters I broke up is my dinner with Falcon, wherein our heroine has dinner with uh, one of the fae lords who tries to kill her. <laughs> I feel like that is not spoilery. Because um, you kind of figure that's going to be coming. But anyway, um, I've always wondered if anybody ever knew that that's why I named the chapter that. So that was enough of a tangent that I lost my train of thought. Oh, so people sitting around talking is, you know, it's hard to get away with in movies. And I remember one of the earliest pieces of writing advice I ever got. <coughs> excuse me. Was that you can't have your characters doing nothing at all as they're talking to each other or as things are going on. And my writing teacher had said, who was Ron Carlson? If you don't know Ron Carlson, he's great. But he had said, sooner or later, oh, he said, like, if they're taking a bath. You can't have your 
protagonist just taking a bath because sooner or later someone's going to have to drop the bar of soap. And and I think about that <laughs> still as I'm writing. Um, and it's a it's a valid point, you know, that there has to be a sense of movement. Um, and I know that my books are not as action-packed as many, and that could be a flaw. But I do enjoy the debates. I enjoy the planning. I enjoy the working up of the plan. Uh, there was a lot of that in The Fate of the Tala, of course, and I haven't seen anybody um, complain bitterly about it yet. For me, it's more than just the talking heads, and you guys have probably heard me bitch about that whole thing about the, the guy telling me about the talking heads, and I won't rant about it again. If I can, I'll, I'll link to one of the podcasts where I mention it. But it's showing the character interactions and the, the changes, you know, and there's a lot of them giving each other shit about stuff and their own personal issues coming to the fore. And in some ways, I don't know, I enjoy the problem solving. Maybe that's part of it. That's in my nature. I, I like the people working to solve a problem aspect of things. So, so that's what I've been doing. And I'm trying to decide how much of stuff that they figure out in that strategy session I should pull out and put into the later into the actual execution, into the real-time execution. One aspect of this is, and and I do feel like some books fall down on this. I find myself disappointed as a reader. If you know exactly how the plan is supposed to go ahead of time, if the reader is completely familiar with how the plan is supposed to go, then if and when it inevitably goes awry, I guess I can't say if and when with inevitable, right? When it inevitably goes awry, the reader is in on it and knows. If you don't tell the reader up front how it's supposed to go, then they don't have that reference point. And a lot of books substitute that for actual mystery. Uh, what's satisfying as a reader is being able to maybe even solve problems ahead of the characters or predict problems or, you know, figure out who done it before the detective does. But what a lot of books will do in order to keep the reader guessing is they will withhold information so that the reader does not have every piece that they need in order to solve the problem. The most satisfying ones are when you have every piece, when you knew it all and you still didn't figure it out. And that's when you finish the book and you're going, holy shit, I did not see that coming. And I could have. It's different if it's, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. And there was no no way in the universe you could have seen it coming because you didn't have all the information. To me, that's a huge thing. And I'm very sensitive to it as a reader. And I don't think that everybody is. But back to me um, being into problem solving, uh, we are doing an interested, interesting problem solving exercise today, or I problem solved it, I guess, uh, because many of you know David drives for Uber. He has not been these last few weeks. We decided it was better for him to uh, stay home and you know, not spread the disease, not risk getting sick himself. 
he's not in a high risk group, but he does worry about his health with the Parkinson's. So I was like, yeah, just stay home. But one, he often gives, um, he has his regular customers, you know, and one of these gals is flying back from Australia. She actually landed in Los Angeles uh, this morning, just about an hour ago, and she's making her way through customs, and she's going to fly from L.A. to Albuquerque. And she had asked David if he would drive down to get her, and then she's going to quarantine herself for 14 days. And she, um, she's she's an experienced traveler. Um, she's actually somewhat famous, and I I won't say who she is, but she's very well known in certain circles. And she's immensely grateful to be getting back to the States and hunker down. And David really wanted to help her out, and I wanted to help her out too. But it's like, um, you know, she's coming off of this chain of international flights and, you know, planning to quarantine herself, but for David to pick her up in Albuquerque and be in the car with her for an hour and in enclosed space, he was really worried about it. So I said, well... How about what we do is we drive down in two cars, and this is what we're going to do midday today, is we're going to drive down in two cars and let her drive one of the cars back, and then we'll just follow her back up and then uh, let the car, we'll probably leave it at her house overnight, let it air out, and then we'll go get it the next day. So... David was really happy with it. And she's really happy. I mean, we were emailing back and forth with her. And, you know, because we, I just am um, pretty concerned she would not otherwise get a ride. I don't know if, if anyone from Uber would, if she'd be able to get an Uber up to Santa Fe. The shuttle service is no longer working. So, so yeah, that's what we're doing. And I think it'll, it'll work out just fine. If she can get through customs, we're we're waiting to hear from her on whether or not she makes her flight to Albuquerque, and then she'll, if not, she'll have to reschedule that flight. So, but boy, do I feel for anyone like still trying to get home from Albuquerque. I saw Neil Gaiman post to Instagram yesterday um, some pictures of his and Amanda's little boy Ash, who I met once on a street corner in Santa Fe with Amanda, <laughs> and. And said that uh, Ash loves the beach, but that they were leaving the beach and he and Amanda, they were in New Zealand and they were going into uh, seclusion together. Glad to be together, but sorry to be away from the rest of their family. And so, you know, it's just interesting. I don't, it's interesting to be part of something that is happening so globally like this. That's not just a local disaster, but a worldwide one. So I hope that wherever you are locally, things are going all right. That you are, if you choose to be, in your footy PJs and enjoying your uh, enforced vacation. Um, gradually letting ourselves go as our hair dye wears out and uh, nails become ragged. But... Uh, this too we shall overcome, right? <laughs> uh, it's interesting to um, sort of see which things become important and which are not. Yeah, there's been a lot of reflection on the fact that 
the essential services have come down to the some of the lowest wage paying jobs, uh, the grocery store restockers, the um, garbage collection people. It's a, it's a good reflection on where our lives stand. So I hope you are doing well. And I'll remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. And you can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. You guys take care. Okay, bye-bye.